Welcome to Getting It Together. I'm your host, Erin Heidelberger, the OG Git Mom. What is Git Mom? It's a philosophy, a way of life, and a national movement, if I do say so myself, that's helping moms everywhere get it together. G-I-T. Get it? I'm a certified parent coach and the founder of Get Mom. I empower moms to feel in control in this totally out of control experience we call motherhood. I want to welcome you to a whole new way of thinking about parenting. The secret formula to creating a happy family is, wait for it, to put yourself front and center. Get Mom is the only coaching company in the country focusing on mom's happiness rather than her kids. I give moms simple one, two, three steps to parent more effectively and efficiently. The end goal is always to carve out happy mommy time for you because happy, confident, independent moms raise well-adjusted, self-assured, and happy children. Every podcast, I'll be inviting my guests to talk about how they get off mommy island, how they put the me in mommy, and what they do to get it together. My dream for this podcast is to be the answer to your parenting woes. So let's get into it. Today's guest is the ultimate multi-hyphenate. You may know her as the star of CMT's reality TV series, Racing Wives, Or maybe you know her as the co-owner of Kyle Busch Motorsports, one of the most successful racing teams in NASCAR. Or maybe you've seen her in that stack of your favorite magazines talking about fashion and fertility. She is the definition of beauty and brains with a master's degree in industrial organizational psychology and a six pack that makes me a (laughs) little bit jealous. She's an advocate, philanthropist, and soon to be best-selling author of her new book called Fighting Fertility. And oh yeah, she is also a wife and mom on top of all of that. She really does it all, and today she is doing our podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, that was quite the introduction. I'm blushing over here. (laughs) Well, welcome to the show, Samantha Bush. We are going to dive quickly into your world as a mom and an advocate, but first, because I am a total reality TV junkie. Can I just tell you that I have been following your journey since you first started dating Kyle? <laughs> and then, of course, there was your wedding and racing wives on CMT. And I am a big, big fan of your level headedness, your fashion, and of course, your love for family. So let's chat about your husband, Kyle, and son, Brexton. Was becoming a mother something you always planned to do? And what has it been like to grow your family with Kyle? Yeah, you know, I would say for us, it was just something that I, when I met Kyle and we fell in love and we got married, we had always assumed that we wanted kids. It wasn't something that we were like, okay, we need kids right away because we got married fairly young. I was 24, um, he was 25, but we knew we wanted a family. And so I feel like it kind of, we 
dated, got married, we were traveling with his racing. And then, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say everybody says there's no perfect time to have a kid, right? But we felt like we were in our lives, like stable, his job was going well, my career was starting. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is the time. And and we had that discussion. And we're like, yes, let's start a family. And we would have never in our lives guessed that eight years later, our family would still not be complete. So it has been quite, quite the long and difficult journey to say the very least. Well, I too struggled with infertility with two of the three boys that I now have. And with homeschooling, like we just started talking about, I often want to throw them out of the house, but (laughs) you will get there. So I too struggled with infertility. And so I completely understand and I totally relate as far as where our conversation is going to go. So just pour it out because I've been there and I get it. And I applaud your efforts to empower other women to feel that they're not alone in the fertility struggle. Because I too, like everyone was like, are you going to have another? You have another? I'm like, I'm broken. Like, don't talk to me. Don't ask. So now I want to ask this next question because you have been so transparent every step of the way and we're, we're all rooting for you. What is the latest in your journey to baby number two? And where are you at? Yeah. So to give listeners a little bit of background, we started trying for our family in 2013. So wow, quite quite a while ago. We tried naturally for a while and then we went on fertility meds, finally went to um, a fertility clinic had to do IVF and had our son Brexton first try. And it was wonderful and amazing. Ooh. And um, I really Huge felt- relief. Yeah, yeah it was oh. just like, oh, okay. Um, I felt very empowered in order to speak about our journey, you know, and to inform other women of just things that they might experience or things, questions to ask, whatever it may be. And so I went into having baby number two, very confident, but I guess you could also say very naive because it had gone so well for us. And so in 2018, Brexton was now potty trained. We were going to try again, got pregnant again right away with IVF. Very excited. We announced it. Unfortunately, Literally not even a week later, had a miscarriage, um, which was very difficult. And then since then, we've had a failed cycle with IVF. We were told we would need a surrogate. So we found a surrogate after that. That's a whole nother podcast in and of itself of, you know, just that emotion and and the whole process found the most amazing surrogate ever. She had a failed cycle. Um, And so from there we consulted with a bunch of different doctors because we we're like, okay, what's happening? And all of them recommended that we go all the way back through egg retrieval. And so that's what we did just this past January. Now we're gearing up. I'm actually on my meds right now for an embryo transfer because the egg retrieval was very successful. So yes. Good, 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 yeah. good, good. Yay. So there's a lot of positive. Yeah, it was I was a little timid being that it was seven years later. Obviously, I'm older, but it went really wonderful. And so we're just hoping that this time is the time. So this will be, I don't know if I should call it my fourth cycle or my fifth cycle. My fourth cycle, personally, fifth cycle overall, if that makes sense. (laughs) I'm going with fifth. Like, do not discount all of the hard work. Fourth one to my body. Fifth one I know, I know. It's now emotionally... 
which is everything. It's fifth one overall. Yes. Yes. So we've been on a journey to say the least. Yes, you have. All right. So I, I will be honest. When I couldn't get pregnant a second time, I felt like like a complete failure to my husband, Brian, to our firstborn son, Cole, who's now 17, which he's one, he's one of the dudes that he can circle out, but he did go grocery shopping last night. So <laughs> we'll, we'll keep him. We'll keep him. But I, I just, I felt like such a failure and because I wanted to give him a sibling, we always wanted a large family. And also like, I, I felt like a failure myself as a woman, like, right. Like we're supposed to be quote unquote, it's supposed to be our duty to get pregnant and I couldn't make it happen. And like every 30 days, right? Like you get your right. period and you're like, I suck. Like I'm a failure. And I think so many other women feel that way. So did you ever go through something like that? Like feeling like so dejected and a failure? And if so, what's your advice to anyone out there contending with that irrational, but super real mean girl in her voice? Yeah, it's really difficult. Um, And this is something I talk with a lot of women about because you feel like as the woman, it's your quote unquote responsibility to have the child. And what's really hard and what I try to educate people on is that one third of the time it's male factor. And so I'm a big advocate for get your husband's tested right away to know what cards you're playing with. But yeah, it was very difficult, especially before we even knew we had to go through IVF just every month, like you said, getting your period, not understanding why this wasn't working. For us, it was watching all of our friends conceive very easily. It was very difficult. And so I will say over the years, I've learned back then I used to journal. That was kind of my form Mm -hmm. of therapy. But with social media coming about in the last few years, especially Instagram and a number of apps, there's so many support groups out there, which I highly recommend to people because that inner circle of women who know the exact pain and experiences and maybe medications that you're on, they're like your lifeline. And I also tell people, your friends and family are great, but sometimes when you're so upset and you're so raw, you almost need that space of social media where like, you don't have to be in person. There's no physical contact. Like I know after my miscarriage, my friends always wanted to hug me and I was just too raw. I was like, I I can't be touched right now. Like it just made me cry and made me anxious. And so I just always tell people, you know, find these groups, they're through apps, they're through Instagram. And also there's so many fertility coaches out there nowadays, therapists, there's a lot of resources. And I feel like eight years ago when I was going through this, I felt really isolated and alone and just very confused. And I'm really, really proud and excited that over the past eight years, there have been so many strides made in the infertility community from education, empowerment, support. And I really feel like that peer-to-peer communication is sometimes almost just as valuable as what your doctors are saying. You know, like for example, I just went through an egg retrieval and the nurse was like, hey, make sure you eat salty foods. Well, I was coming out of anesthesia. I was like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I got home in my recovery. Like I was so swollen after I'm like, what's happening? And so I put it on Instagram and I put it on some of these support groups. And instantly there were women who had been through it that were like, okay, you need to go get some canned tomato soup. You need some Gatorade. You need a heating pad. And they just know. And it's like, 
it's amazing. This community is so ready to help all the other women in it. And I'm just so excited to be a part of it. And people always ask like, oh, do you wish that you hadn't gone through all this? And I'm like, absolutely not. Oh I've- my gosh. The pe- what? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> in a good way. Like if you could have had kids naturally, right? And I'm like, okay. no, I would have never okay. given up these trials for A, the friends that we've made along the way, B, our foundation that we started through it, and C, I feel so much stronger for all the trials that we've gone through. Though they're hard when you're in it, and we are still in it, I feel like every trial we've gone through, we've grown as individuals and as a couple and as parents. So we try to take the good out of it. Oh, I love that. And like, thank you for just... You just gave so many of my podcast listeners like so many useful places to go when they are feeling dejected and a failure. And I love everything. You just like all these suggestions, like who would have known about the salty foods? There's just so many tips like that and so many wonderful women in this community that are ready to share. And for anybody out there listening that feels just absolutely broken and isolated, like those are completely normal and valid feelings to have. And I think the hardest part is sometimes when you talk with other people that don't understand what you're going through and they try to minimize what you're going through and that hurts even more. And so I think when you can surround yourself virtually with women who completely understand you, you start to feel like your old self again. Like, okay, I'm going to get through this. And here's like a tribe of women behind me that understand what I'm going through. It's so important to keep our eyes on the prize and love our bodies and be kind to ourselves because like you said, you're in it with the medications. It like bloats you and makes yeah. you starving and makes you like crazy lunatic. And that's okay because infertility is, it's so hard on a lot of levels and the roller coaster of monthly pregnancy tests can be really dejecting and exhausting. So how are you keeping yourself from getting conception fatigue and just giving up? Well, I think for us, I feel like I, I keep repeating myself, but it's really no, just that's this okay. Not at all. community. These women that I don't even know, right? They're just through social media. They're, they're strangers at a handle. But when they turn around and send me a message and they say, hey, thanks for sharing this. It helped me in this way. Or because you shared this, we were able to do X, Y, or Z. Like That's what keeps giving me the fight to keep going. And then obviously, Kyle and Brexton. Kyle's an amazing support. He's my shot giver. What I love about him is after our surrogate failed, I did a lot of research, consulted a lot of doctors, and ended up saying, hey, I feel like I want to try another clinic. Of course, it's across the country, right? Isn't that how it always works out? Always, always. And he was like, all right, let's do it. Like not a hesitation, not a, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should just stop. He was like, okay, let's do it. Let's go. Yep. And I think, you know, having, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, if, if listeners get the book, Fighting Infertility, marriage is hard. And it, there was points where it wasn't like that. And there was points that we had to go to counseling together and we had to work on ourselves. And so I don't want people listening to be like, oh, must oh, be nice. fairy tale. Yeah. Fit right. And the book is very raw and candid. And there is a lot in there about how painful it is and how angry you can be at each other and how it's hard, but marriage is work and it's worth that work. And now I look at 
what we went through and now where we are. And you see that when you take the time to invest in your marriage, when it is hard during these trials, now it's like, gosh, we're, we're so good. And I feel so blessed, but I don't want people listening to think it was a fairy tale the whole time. Cause you know, eight years of infertility really, That's really a lot, can take a toll. That's a lot of months. Yes. 12 times eight. A lot of months, a lot of medications, a lot of stress. So a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of disappointment. All yes. right. So you got to have your peeps. You got to have your mom friends. Like I watched you on Racing Wives. And too often we, especially as we women, we keep this tough stuff to ourselves because we don't want to burden anyone else. But at Get Mom, my parent coaching practice, I'm the massive proponent of building your mom village. And a fun fact, we talked about this before we started the interview. Your cousin, your second cousin, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, we're shouting out to you. She is one of my original mom group friends from 17 years ago. My son, Cole, and her son, Reese, like they were a couple months, they were born a couple months apart. So- whom do you rely on in your mom village to help you keep it together? And is it easy or hard for you to go to them for help? Yeah, so I'm very blessed. I have a number of really good friends, but two pop into my mind right away. One of my friends, I've been friends with her since college. She actually has a psych degree too, like I do. She was in marriage and family counseling and she's actually quoted in the book too. She has a lot of great advice for just coping and de-stressing and different things like that. So she's the friend who, you know, can help me take my mind off things, right? She's like, let's go do a bar class together or let's go for a walk. Let's do something because she knows me. I'm um, I'm the type of person I like to be very active and move. And so she's amazing for that. And then I have another friend who actually went through a miscarriage and so is able to kind of understand those boundaries that aren't talked about. Like she knew right away that she's like, Hey, look, I'm going to let you take the reins, whatever you need, whatever you're feeling emotionally, physically, if you just want me to come and we'll turn on Netflix and drink wine and not even talk or look at each other, but you just want me by your side, I'm there. Or if you want to like get all messy, ugly crying and I'll, you know, I'll be there too. And, and friends are so important. And that's one thing I feel like Kyle and I have done very well after working with a therapist Before speaking with a therapist, I wanted to just talk about it and talk to somebody about it. And he was the person who understood and was there with me. And so it was, I feel like a lot of, let me tell you about the medications. Let me tell you how I'm feeling. Let me tell you, tell you, tell you, tell you. And from a husband's side, like sometimes I can be really overwhelming. And then it feels like you're not focused on each other as much. And so with the help of talking with a therapist, he was like, let's set a time limit on when we're going to talk about that. And when you plan a special date night, we're not going to talk about infertility at all. You're going to focus on each other and what's going on. And and so really making a conscious effort to talk about some of the things I was feeling with, like you said, your mom group or this sisterhood of infertility women, that's important. And then taking time to just focus on your marriage outside of fertility and focus, you know, on why you make each other happy and why you love each other. Like that's very important during this whole process. It's so important. And therapy, I am the hugest proponent of therapy. I started therapy when 
Cole, who's now 17, he was two. And I was just like on the hamster wheel, like cleaning and anxiety and racing and rushing. And, and my therapist, who I'm still with her, Monica, who my listeners know I talk about her a lot. She just helped quiet the storm. And like, right, therapy is so great because like, you know, I'm sure you have a million takeaways from your sessions. She's like, if you go to sleep with dishes in the sink, what's going to happen? And I was like, you're totally right. Like nothing. They'll just be there when I wake up. And she's like, then just go to sleep. Sometimes you just need that outside voice to quiet you and bring level-headedness to the chaotic situation. Yes, completely. And I think that infertility is something, especially too, that no couple necessarily thinks that they're going to face. So it's like uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you need somebody to guide you through it, whether it's as a couple or individually. And now there's so many, I'm actually doing talks and stuff with fertility coaches. And it's even more beneficial, I feel like, because they have that therapy background, but then they're also completely in tune with the whole IUI, IVF, fertility medication process. And they're able to coach you through just some things that you might not even be aware that are going to come at you or that are happening. And so there's just so many great resources. And I just really, really, for anybody listening, like, don't be embarrassed. Don't feel awkward. Reach out and And even if you want to start small, there's infertility apps that you can go to. You don't even have to use your name. You don't even have to put a profile picture. Like you could just go into these apps and say, like when we are about to start surrogacy, I went into an app and was like, Hey guys, we've been informed that we need to have a surrogate. I, you know, I'm lost. Can I have some guidance? And, and there was women that were like, okay, here, here's what I did. Here's what I did. Here's what I did. Oh, be sure to like do X, Y, and Z. And like, there's such a wealth of information. And I feel like anybody who's gone through a journey like this wants to help somebody else on it. So you just, just reach out. Like, that's all I can say. There's so many amazing support groups. Well, I know there are going to be so many women out there who are going to count you among their mom village so soon because you wrote a very important book called Fighting Infertility. And I found this little blurb about the book online, and I want to share this with our listeners. And you said... The road to parenthood is a miraculous journey, but for many, it is fought with tears, doubts, and tremendous stress. Fighting infertility is a rally cry, an opportunity to feel understood, gain strength through the struggle, and will ignite your inner warrior. I share the good, the bad, and the ugly in an honest and relatable account where faith, family, love, and loss intersect. You yourself say you spared no detail in this book. You talk about feeling overwhelming grief, about the pain it caused in your marriage, and how you ultimately found healing. So which part of your book was the most difficult to write? There was two parts. I would say definitely the miscarriage part was very difficult to have to relive. I remember, so I'm kind of odd. I like lock myself in the bathroom. I You're not up. odd. No, 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 no. I, no, this is my writing process. Like I think people think like writers go to like some remote cabin and like write. No, I would lock myself in the bathroom. I would be leaned up against our vanity with a pillow with my little space heater, like typing. Yeah. And I knew I had to write this part of the the story. And so I just remember 
sitting in there. It was like super late at night. I wanted both the boys to be asleep. And I just wrote and I remember just tears pouring down my face and I just didn't stop. I didn't stop to look at corrections or anything like that. I just typed it all out and like put it all out there. And it was really hard to have to relive it in all those details. But I also knew that it was important. It was important to show that that was probably one of like some of the lowest, hardest, saddest, just gut-wrenching times. And it was hard to dig up those emotions again and and to feel all that again. But I, I wanted women who have also been through that to understand that I understand that the pain they're going through. So that was really difficult. And then obviously writing about our our marriage was really hard. It was it's really hard. Kyle and I, we've been together for so long. We just celebrated our 10 year anniversary. Mm, and happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> you know, a miscarriage is very hard on a couple and people grieve in different ways. And it took us a very long time to figure that out. And it was just a very sad time. I felt like I had lost my little girl and I was losing Mm. my husband and losing everything that was normal and stable to me. And and so it was really hard to have to also go back to that and, and relive those fights and relive those hard times. So those two parts of the book were really difficult, but also I find really important to share because I didn't want to write a story that was just all happy and, and, oh, it's it's not that hard because it is, it's really hard. And I want people going through it to understand like what you see on Instagram, you know, you don't know what happened before or after that picture. And, and that's, that's real life. And so that was my goal with the book is to show like your journey is probably going to be messy and ugly at times. And then at other times, so beautiful. And if you get the support you need and you actively work at it as both an individual and a, as a couple, like you will stay strong. Oh, I want to just, I want to thank you on behalf of all the mommies out there who will definitely find validation and comfort in your words. So Thank you. And I'm sorry. And I'm just sorry, but you're going to get there. You're going to get there. I know it. So I want to transition into being a writer. Did you always want to be a writer in your bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I want to know. How did you remember all of the facts and the details throughout all of these years? Like, you know, you talked about journaling when we first started talking about how did you remember all of these details to put into the book? So it was a lot from journaling. That's how the book originally started back in 2013 and 14 when I wasn't ready to share with anybody else. And I, you know, I just felt very isolated. I was writing a lot as a form of just getting all my emotions out. And so I always kept those. So I had those. And then obviously... I have a blog and so we've shared our story through there. But then also a lot that's in the book, like we even talk about Kyle's accident when I was 28 weeks pregnant, like those memories are just burned into your brain, right? Like they're just things, you know. So I think it was a combination of having so much written down. I've always loved to read. I've always loved to write. So I had all those resources and then I looked at it and I was like, okay, people have heard like this little blurb or this little blurb. I want this book to be kind of a beginning to end, how we met, 
trying to conceive everything that went on in, in one complete story. And so that really helped a lot with having all of those resources that I had already written and I could at least take them and, and like you said, remember the facts or remember different parts and then just expand on that. And it was, it was really fun. It was exciting. Sometimes you would just start typing and I would turn around and like two hours had gone by. And, and I was the type of person, like if I needed to say something, I would type it all out. I wouldn't stop. And then I would leave it for the day and come back and then, you know, go from there. But it was, it was really fun. And like, wow. When it was done, I just cried hysterically. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, no kidding. You it. did. Right. Because you did that. Yeah. You did that on your own. Yeah. You know? So it was really cool. I mean, my publisher made me take out like a good over hundred pages because they tell me I talk <laughs> too much, but that's okay. So that's I wrote okay. even more than what's in the book. <laughs> All right, people get moms. Samantha's book is available for pre-order now and comes out on March 30th. So I need everyone who is struggling and who is a fan of Samantha Bush to buy her book. But I would be remiss if I didn't bring up all of the other hats that you wear. I mean, you're not just a wife and a mom and a writer. All right, let's see if I can do this in one breath. You are a reality TV star, an entrepreneur, a lifestyle blogger, IVF advocate, Hello, philanthropist, co-owner of a professional race team, owner of the Murph Boutique Clothing Store, which I love, by the way, and founder of Bundle of Joy Fund, an organization that helps couples pay for IVF treatments. So how do you balance it all? And how do you find the time to put the me in mommy? <laughs> you know what? Some days are easier than others. We have a really great support team around us, which I couldn't do without the amazing team of people that we have. So that's first and foremost. Sometimes life is really stressful, but just for example, we just, Kyle was racing in Miami. So we took two days and went to Miami and it's not something we ever do, but life has been so chaotic. I mean, I'm talking like up at one in the morning doing emails and, and so stressful. And we both looked at each other and we're like, okay, 48 hours, we're going away. We're not paying attention to our phones. Like we have to reset. We went for like a five mile walk one morning, just talking and walking the beach. And like, we needed that. And I think I'm the type of person I feel guilty when I take downtime. And so I'm working really hard at being like, no, in order for me to be the best version of myself for my family and for our businesses, sometimes you have to disconnect. And so it was nice. It's not something we get to do often, but I feel today so refreshed and rejuvenated. And, you know, we need that. And even if it's not a trip, just I found I was, you know, when I would go take the dog for a walk, that used to be relaxing, right? Well, then I was bringing my phone and answering mm -hmm. emails during it. And so I said, you know what? I take the dog for a 20 minute walk while Brex rides his bike. I'm going to focus on chatting with Brexton walking the darn dog and leaving my phone charged at home. Like I don't, 20 minutes. Right, you can live without the phone yes. for 20 minutes, but we're so conditioned. Like you have to respond to texts and voicemails and emails. Yes. Like, boo -ba 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 yep, so you and leave so, it. Just trying to be better about that and trying to prioritize things. And so that's important. 
It's so important, but right. But it's really hard, like, because we're just conditioned to do it all immediately, quickly. And we're the rat race, like be better, do better, do more, be a bestseller, like be the best, be the best. Right. So it's important. Like I'm all about like self-talk. I am the best. Do a good job. Like you're doing the best you can. So Absolutely. That's I always try to say like, okay, if I didn't get to all 50 emails, you know what? I got to 48. So I did my best. Totally. Because no one else <laughs> is going to be our cheerleader. Like, hey, right. you got 48 out of 50 dollars. Yes. You know? <laughs> right. So it's so important that we as moms are going to be our own like cheerleading team. So good. That's really, yeah. I, I love that you do that. And then I just want to say one last thing. Like also when I look at Brexton, hmm. it's so easy to be like, oh, okay, well, I'll answer that and I'll do something with him later and then later. And like, that's what I told myself I have to stop doing. Like those emails can wait till he goes to bed. Like when he's awake or when he needs my attention or when something is exciting for him, like I need to be fully present. And I think I found myself checking Twitter, checking Instagram while he was playing cars. And I was like, no, okay, you need to stop because there is going to be the day that he doesn't want to hang out. He's going to want to go hang out with his friends or do something different. And and then those moments are missed and you can't get them back. You're totally right. But it is so hard. But as long as you have that running dialogue in your head of like, be here, be now, this isn't forever, right? I probably right. don't want to, I don't want to sit here and watch him play cars. Like I'd rather be just like scrolling pretty pictures on Instagram, but be here and do it right. and put in the work so that when he is out with his friends <laughs> that he does want, Oh, my he's, he's been playing under oh, the table friends. half the time hi. during this. They're so quiet and respectful. Hi. hi, Brexton. Hi. He's a good boy. He is a good boy. Oh my God. Because we've been talking, you guys, we've been talking almost 40 minutes and he has been so patient yes, and kind and been, quiet. Well, he just came in the last five, but he's been under but here still. like and hey, behind you. the computer making faces. He's like, hey, <laughs> <Yeah>. hey mom. <laughs> all right. Well, I could definitely talk to you all day. We don't have all day, but if I had to guess, I'd say You are probably a person who finds inspiration all over the place and in a lot of things, judging by your diverse resume. So I want to know, what is turning you on right now? I know you want to get pregnant. You're going to get pregnant. Like I know this is, it's it's happening. But what else is turning you on right now in your professional life and making you excited for the future? I mean, there's a lot of things. Obviously, I'm super excited for the book to release and to see, you know, all the women that maybe can relate to it. But also what's exciting right now is just growing the foundation. Right now, we're with one clinic in Charlotte, but we'd really like to go nationwide. So that's a big goal of ours. And then the last piece is we found a great church. And I think that that's just really helped. It's very uplifting and positive. We go to Elevation. So they're Mm -hmm. really big in kind of North Carolina and they're getting into Florida, but they're online too. And I think when you just kind of find that church and it's very uplifting and the music's very powerful and it just puts you in a good mood, I think that's the things that we need. All right. Well, I I think I speak for all of us when I say we can't wait to see what you do next. So how do we follow along with all things Samantha Bush and how does my audience find you? 
Yeah. So I have a website. It's just samanthabush.com where I have blogs on fashion, fitness, lifestyle, homeschool, you name it. So that's everything there. And then on social media, I'm at Samantha Bush and I post a lot of our life. I, you know, keep it wherever we're going, whether it's racing or it's mom stuff at home. I try to let people in on, on everything going on. And most importantly, since your book is out on March 30th, where do we buy the book? Yes. So, I mean, you could go on Amazon. It's amazon.com, Target, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, all those online retailers will have it. And then we have autographed copies on rowdybush.com where we, we sell some stuff. So lots of opportunities. But if you follow me on Instagram, it's there's lots of links to everything there. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for being here and joining me today. You are thank a force. You. No, thank you. You're forced to be reckoned with. And I just feel so positive and so excited to watch your family grow. And not only that, I mean, I always say, you know, how we talked about putting the me and mommy. We're moms, but we're still women and we have wants and needs. And like you have so many different hats and so many things that are turning you on and like that you have to offer to the world. And I'm just, I can't wait. Like your, your life is just getting started when you put that phone down, right? (laughs) (laughs) And to our listeners, thank you for joining Samantha and me today. I hope we have inspired you to put the me and mommy. And like Samantha said, you can find her on Instagram at Samantha Bush and on her website and all the every, everywhere. Her book is for sale everywhere. And be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Get Mom. Check out my website, getmom.com to learn more about how to get it together. For now, this is Erin, your biggest cheerleader here to help you get it together, moms. And this podcast was recorded by Hanger Studios. Hanger Studios.